greetings in jesus name welcome back to our wednesday night service welcome into the presence of the lord welcome into a season of revival welcome into this atmosphere that is charged up that is ready that is receptive that is responsive to the move of god to the voice of god to the presence of god if you are here for the very first time let me just welcome you to a revival it is necessary for each and every one of us to be on the same page to understand that this is the season when we are going to have unprecedented encounters with the presence of the lord when we are thankful when we are grateful when we are constantly living a lifestyle of giving to the lord it is impossible for us to come back empty it is impossible for heavens not to be opened over our lives the bible says in the book of malachi bring your tithes and offerings into the house of god so that i can open the windows of heaven over your lives so when we are thankful when we learn how to articulate our gratefulness it is by default that the windows of heaven will be opened over our lives the presence of god will invade us in a fresh and a personal and a new way tonight i just want to thank god for my spiritual parents our prophets our uh, sent voice from the lord who've been leading us in this season who've been instructing us in this season who've been redirecting our steps in this season to continue to go after the lord and i pray that we will have this burden and this desire to see a revival in our generation the same way that they dream and believe for revival that we will catch their dream that we will catch their prayer and we will catch their pursuit of god and we will also desire and dream and have the same passion for revival that they have tonight we are continuing the study on revival let me first begin with scripture the book of isaiah chapter 40 and verse 28 onwards i'm going to read it from the esv bible the prophet isaiah he says have you not known have you not heard the lord is the everlasting god the creator of the ends of the earth we are talking about a god who is everlasting we are talking about a god who is the creator he knows the beginning the foundation he knows where everything came into existence from and he knows even the ends of the earth the scientists the geologists they may not be able to figure out the ends of the earth but our creator the creator who made everything he knows because he is an everlasting god he knows the ends of the earth because he is the one who created them he continues to describe this everlasting god he says god does not faint and he does not grow weary we have to believe this about god if we have to see a revival in our generation we have to believe that god doesn't grow weary that god doesn't get tired of our prayers that he is not impatient he has unlimited 
patience. He is willing to wait on us as much as we are willing to or ready to wait on him. It goes on to say, his understanding is unsearchable. His understanding is unthinkable. His understanding is unfathomable. This evening, wherever you are, whatever time zone you're in, one of the things that we are doing when we are pursuing for revival is to understand God's ways, is to understand what does it take to bring pleasure to Him? What does it take to bring joy to His heart? It's easy for us to just give up saying, I can't understand everything that God wants me to do, so it is not something I will even pursue. And See, that is where we get our uh, theology incorrect because the Bible says that it is the glory of God to hide things and it is the glory of the kings to discover them, to go after the things that God has hidden, to go after those things that God has not revealed yet. And when we go after those things, we will experience a revelation we will experience an encounter. We will experience an embrace of spiritual realities that we've never seen or known before. Any true revivalist, anybody that has tried to get on this journey to encounter God, they've always and always been surprised by God. When God shows up, their theologies have been messed up. They've been criticized and they've been called cults. And they've been rejected. They've been termed heretical by the church around them. Why? Because there are many who cannot understand the understanding of God. Because his understanding is unsearchable. There are only a few wise people that seek him, that search it out, that are intentional to remain on the journey to understand his heart. And those will understand God's understanding. They will not remain in darkness forever. I pray that all of us on this stream here, if you've been intentional to be planted in this stream, then understanding will not be a stranger in your house. Understanding will not be a stranger in your business understanding a divine understanding will not be unusual in your marriage that this will be a daily lifestyle when we give we will do so with understanding when we worship we will worship with his understanding when we celebrate our man and our woman of god we will do so with understanding we're not doing anything out of blind belief we are doing it because we have an understanding. The Bible says that this God, this everlasting God, He does not faint and He does not grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. And sometimes when you're in this journey to search out His understanding, sometimes we may grow weary. We may become faint. We may get Tired. We may lose hope because you should understand that receiving a revelation of who God is, it takes something of the spirit 
you cannot achieve that in your natural in your natural if you set out on a journey to see and experience and pray and believe for revival in our generation i'm telling you you will get tired you will lose your way you will be distracted you 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 will lose hope it is not possible for us to experience and encounter god just by a pursuit in the flesh and that is why the bible says to those that are faint those that have been active in their pursuit of god but they are tired now they feel that they can't pray another night they feel that ah oh man i don't see how this is working out the lord says he gives power to the faint so if you're out there you believe but you don't know how to make it work don't worry tonight there is power being released into your spirit there is power being released into your mind there is power being released into your emotions there is power being released into your will power into your decision making capacity into your volition there is power being released if you are faint then you qualify for this blessing because it says he gives power to the faint and to him who has no might he increases strength to him who has no might see the the searching out of his understanding the understanding that is unsearchable it can drain us off of our might but the lord says now i am going to give you fresh strength what for what is this strength for is it just strength to do business and ministry and family no this strength is so that you can now pursue this understanding that he wants to give you to him who has no might he increases strength the bible says that even youths young people they may faint and they may be weary even young men young men for that matter shall fall exhausted they may not be able to make it no matter how much you're in your prime how much energy you've got going how many hours in a week you've been working out or what all things you've been doing to make sure you're physically fit you may grow weary in your pursuit of god you may uh, end up exhausted but those who wait on the lord if you're intentional to wait on the lord if you're coming back here week after week to just depend on his presence to just wait on the heart and the mind of god the bible says you will renew your strength they who wait for the lord to show up they will renew their strength they will not go back the same way the spiritual energy on the inside of you that is even more powerful than a nuclear bomb you should understand that the spirit of a man oh my god this is the most glorious thing that god has ever created it is better than all the beautiful glamorous things that we see in the nature your spirit it carries the worth of the whole world put together the bible says that god he values one person being saved one child of god one soul one 
individual getting saved, that's worth the price of the entire world, entire universe put together. That is why Jesus said, what profits a man if he will gain the whole world, but he will lose his own soul? Because the worth of this soul is greater than the worth of the entire world. And tonight, the Lord is reminding you that if you are waiting on the Lord, then your strength will be renewed. Your strength, your might will be refreshed. To those that are weary, every person that is tired, the Lord is saying, I'm releasing fresh power, fresh grace. He says, they shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. This is the testimony. This is going to be the life story of every child of God that learns the principle of waiting on the Lord. The Lord has not called you to rest. The Lord has not called you to slack. The Lord has not called you to take it easy. I'll tell you what the Lord has called you for. You are called to mount up your wings like eagles. You're called to catch the wind and fly with the wind. You're not called to give up. You're called to run and not be weary. You're called to walk, walk and walk and walk and not to be faint. That is your calling. If there's anybody under the sound of my voice who've been thinking of giving up, you are in this stream and you, you just feel exhausted. You just feel that, ah, I don't think I can make it. I don't think I can pray like everybody else. No, this is the right place. Don't believe the lie of the enemy. The Lord wants you to be encouraged because he says, everybody that is faint, I am filling you with power so you can pursue me afresh. History is filled with stories of men and women of God who waited on the presence of the Lord and they have seen how God shows up. They have seen how God strengthens the weary. They have seen how God allows them to mount up with wings like eagles and to soar into the wind. And my friends, tonight we're going to learn one such story. It is the story of this man by the name William J. Seymour. He definitely had a lot of weaknesses. He was in fact blinded in one eye. He was uh, from a family that were originally slaves and then they were freed which means they were African-Americans. And in those days, they were not treated right. They were not welcomed everywhere. They were not respected anywhere. But this man, he was hungry. He was willing to be a student of revival. In fact, he studied under a man by the name Charles Parham. And now Charles Parham, he was a revivalist himself. He did speak about the move of the Holy Spirit he believed a certain thing and he continued to teach it. And William Seymour, he wasn't allowed to sit along with everybody else. He had to sit outside the church to sit and hear what this man of God, Charles, had to preach. And he was still 
hungry. He was still willing to stay put and to learn the principles that this guy is talking about. Now you should understand that the outpouring of the Holy Spirit was not a common thing back in the day. There was absolutely nobody who spoke in tongues. Absolutely nobody who understood the principle of speaking in tongues. And here came a man called Charles Parham who was teaching on the gift of speaking in tongues. And William Seymour, although he didn't have access into all the places that everybody else could sit and enjoy the word, he stood outside. He stood in a place where he could just hear, barely hear the man of God. And he became a student of everything this man of God was teaching. Now, that takes great humility. If it was you and I in that place, we would have just walked off. We would have given up. We would have uh, given so many excuses and blamed everybody else. And here is a man who was hungry for revival. He was so hungry that he didn't mind being humiliated in the process of learning how to reach and receive that revival. This was a man who was serious about waiting on the Lord. This was a man who was intentional to wait on the Lord. This was a man who wouldn't give up in spite of his physical suffering, in spite of his physical limitations. He wouldn't give up. The thing is, we can all look at William Seymour and say that he was a great minister. But the one thing that we overlook is that he was a great student. He was willing to sit under an imperfect man of God. You can actually read about this guy, Charles Perham. He was not perfect in his theology. He was not perfect in his lifestyle. In fact, he discriminated against the African-American uh, congregations. And, and he did a lot of things that was uh, not correct. And yet, this man, William Seymour, he had the humility to submit himself and to learn under an imperfect man of God because he was hungry and desperate and focused on wanting to see a revival in his generation. At a later point, he moved to Los Angeles and he started praying, believing for a revival. And everything that he had heard from his teacher, he started believing. He was waiting on the Lord. And that's when a, a massive earthquake hit the land. Okay, now... This was William Seymour's response to that. William said, this is God trying to get our attention. We need to pray. We need to come together. Rather than giving up hope, rather than becoming upset, rather than losing his focus, he said, this is God trying to get our attention. And he began to pray. He began to bring people together to just pray and wait on the Lord. You know, we are living in a time of a pandemic. We are living in a time of global confusion. Governments are going crazy. Everybody's doing crazy, crazy things. Should we take these signs that we are seeing in the world around us and be discouraged? Or is this supposed to be a call to greater prayer? Is this supposed to be a call for deeper consecration and a heartfelt intercession? Is this supposed to be a time where we run away 
or is this supposed to be a time where we uh, become more bold and courageous and intentionally with a focused heart continue to seek after a revival that the Lord would send in our generation for such a time as this. That's what William Seymour did. He didn't run away because of the earthquake. He didn't just say, oh, wow, uh, we need to just go and serve all the poor people and the hurting people. No, he said, God is trying to catch our attention in this. Let us begin to pray. Let us begin to seek after his presence. Let us begin to just go after the heart of God. And that's what happened. They continued to wait on the Lord for a few weeks together. They met every day and they started praying and they started fasting. And they, you know, just like it says in Isaiah 40, those who wait on the Lord, they will renew their strength. It is not possible for us to be in the presence of the Lord, waiting on his presence and to go back empty and tired. The more we pray, the stronger we become. In the natural, we may feel like there is no more energy left. But the more we pray, and that's exactly what these guys experience. They continue to pray and they continue to fast. In fact, they were in this season of a 10-day fast, just waiting on the Lord, just crying out, saying, Lord, your word says so and so. Your word says that the people can experience the power of the Holy Spirit. Your word says that they spoke in tongues. Your word says that we can experience an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And they just clung to the word and they were waiting on the Lord. They were not willing to give up. Church, if we are going to see and experience a revival, it is only going to be as a result of persistence. It is not going to be the result of just one night's prayer. It is not going to be the result of just one chapter that we read in the Bible. No, it has to be a, a lifestyle of persistence. Somebody that is willing to pay a price so that an entire generation can eat, can receive, can experience the harvest, can experience the blessing and the favor of God. Somebody needs to pay the cost. Somebody needs to sacrifice what they enjoy, what they like, and stay and remain in the presence of the Lord and wait on the Lord to renew their strength, to help them to mount up on wings like eagles so they can run, so they can walk and they will not be weary anymore and they will not be faint anymore. Am I talking to somebody in this house? Am I talking to somebody on Zoom, on YouTube? Am I talking to somebody who is listening to my voice and you're desiring to wait a little longer tonight. You're willing to pray a little extra tonight. You're willing to be persistent. You're willing to say, I don't care how long it takes. I don't care if I don't necessarily see anything or experience anything. I know my Lord is faithful. I believe his word. His word says that they that wait on the Lord, they will experience their breakthrough. And see, sometimes we can just uh, institutionalize our waiting on the Lord. And that is where these guys were brilliant. They said, no, we are not just going to uh, pray and, and run a service like everybody else does. 
we're going to be led by the Holy Spirit. We're not going to just do something because we are uncomfortable with silence. No, we're going to let the Holy Spirit lead our services. So these guys, they will actually have some services which are completely silent. And they will be waiting on God to move somebody. And somebody will stand up by the unction of the Holy Spirit and they will read something or they will sing something. And I'm, I'm glad to be part of a spirit-filled church like that. And we don't do things because this is how we do things in this church. No, we do things because we know the Spirit is flowing in a particular direction. We see the presence of the Holy Spirit leading us to pray for a nation, leading us to pray for an individual, leading us to pray for a particular issue in the society. When we are led by the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit is the force behind our prayer, those prayers, those groanings will not be in vain. It doesn't matter how perfect we are. We are going to miss out on the will of God and the plan of God and the purposes of God. And that is why we need to depend on the presence of the Holy Spirit. And these guys, they did it so well. They, they, they said, we don't want to act in the flesh. We don't want to just move in the flesh. We want to lean on the arm of the Spirit, not on the arm of the flesh. Now, you should understand this. It's not wrong for you to raise your voice and pray. It is not wrong for you to jump up and dance. It is definitely not wrong for you to engage your flesh in prayer. In fact, when you come into the Holy of Holies, you need to come through the outer courtyard, the holy place, and then comes the most holy place. So you have to begin your supplication, your prayer in the body. You have to begin by exciting your physical senses. You have to begin by stimulating your mind. You have to begin on the outer surface. And yet, you cannot completely or totally depend on your flesh to lead you in some point or the other in the journey you have to start relying now on the presence of the holy spirit and ask him to help you to teach you to train you to discern to understand to uh, to to know the language of spirit world to to talk the things that will bring pleasure and open doors and shift atmospheres that is a part an integral part of every revival-carrying church, that we become a church that knows the language of God, that understands the, the way that the Lord moves and we move with it, that we dance with it, we flow with it, we enjoy being in the stream. When the stream is flowing heavy, you go super fast. When the stream slows down, you slow down. It's like the wind. It flows in one direction today, another direction tomorrow. You just flow with the wind. You may not understand why. You don't have to understand all the time. You just have to follow the wind. One of the things that these guys were believing for was the gift of speaking in tongues. And till then, they did have an understanding of the Holy Spirit now. You know, you remember from the first great awakening, 
there were visible signs of the presence of the holy spirit now convicting people but now they were saying there must be more because the bible says when the holy spirit came upon the first century church they spoke in tongues so they began to believe for that and pray for that they were not satisfied with just the other manifestations they wanted more they were hungry they said there must be more we need this more of the holy spirit and they desired for the gift the manifestation of the holy spirit and they continued to cry and pray and in fact they were on a 10 day fast and on the third day one person i think his name was edward lee he started speaking in tongues can you imagine an entire congregation is waiting and out of this whole congregation one man he starts speaking in tongues now what did william seymour do the next day the next meeting he said i'm going to share the testimony of this man in the entire congregation so instead of just going about with his preaching he shared the testimony of this one guy who received the gift of the holy spirit and guess what happens another six people catch that same grace another six people receive the same anointing and they start speaking in tongues friends you should never underestimate the power of your testimony it is something that can provoke things in the spirit for so many others when you receive an encounter from god and you hide it only you benefit from it but when you are willing to testify about the encounter the blessing the favor the grace of god over your life now others can partake of that same encounter it can spread and that is why it is necessary that every week we go back and we testify wherever the lord gives us an opportunity to just tell people what god is doing for you in this house in this stream and let that be a reason for other people to catch the same glimpse that the lord is releasing through this revival stream the story goes on to say that a few days later william seymour himself received the gift of speaking in tongues after a whole night of waiting and praying on the lord these guys they would never keep a timing they would never say okay we will only pray for the stipulated amount of time and then we will move on to the next category of order of service and they they were not like that they were just passionately in love with the presence of the lord and they wanted to see god move and that's exactly where god moved because these guys they were not willing to leave without god's presence encountering them and of course you know as the story goes on there were so many experiences so many supernatural experiences and miracles were a common thing on one particular occasion they just began to shout under the leadership of the holy spirit these guys just began to shout and shout and they shouted for three continual days day and night can you imagine that they were shouting for three days that's not 24 hours that's not 48 hours that's like 72 hours of shouting under the leadership of the holy spirit they just shouted day and night and night and day and guess what happened 
uh, on the third day, the foundation of the house where they were praying and they were worshipping, that foundation came off. And the entire place came tumbling down. Nobody was hurt. But the, the place, they had to evacuate that place and find a new place in the uh, meantime for meeting up. That's how crazy these guys worshipped God. That's how crazy they were all out. Now, in the physical, are you telling me that it is possible for somebody to shout, a congregation to shout for three days and three nights? Come on, talk about that to a, a natural person. It's not possible. You can't shout for three days, morning and night. And yet, these guys in the power of the Holy Spirit because they that wait on the Lord, they shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and they will not grow weary. They will walk and they will not faint. Hallelujah. I am so excited to see that happen in my generation. I know that it will happen in a different way. I know that it will be uh, not the same things that I have seen in the past, but it is going to happen in our generation that we will see a tireless revival. We will see a persistent revival. Of course, so many people got healed. So many people experienced uh, breakthroughs in their health and blind receiving sight. And one of the amazing miracles was that so many immigrants that came into uh, the United States, Germans or those from other European nations, they had the people that were filled in the Holy Spirit speak to them in their own native language, you know, and, and, and that was amazing. And, and that's how this revival continued to spread. Like Dad prayed the other night, we are going to see undeniable, indisputable miracles, signs and wonders, both of it. Miracles and wonders, we are going to see it in our generation. Through your life, in this church, in this ministry, we are going to see an overflow through each and every one of us. Each and every one of us. I believe that and I am uh, game for everything that the Lord is going to use this generation for. And another result of this revival was that there was a deep reverential awe for God. And that led to a place where they started pursuing holiness. They started pursuing purity. So it was not just the gifts of the Holy Spirit that they pursued. They started pursuing the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Let me add this as a warning here. Any revival that is full of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but devoid of the fruit of the Holy Spirit is definitely going to be counterproductive. One of the reasons why God pours out His Spirit upon us is not just so we can just do some glamorous things here on the earth. It is so we can experience and reflect His glorious image. And that cannot happen if we don't pursue holiness, if we don't pray for holiness, if we don't actively seek out holiness. See, the enemy is going to come at us from every direction. He knows that he cannot get us in our marriage, in our business, in our finances. He is going to try and attack our purity. 
And that is why we have to pray and we have to ask God to give us the grace to pursue and experience and walk in the fruit of the Holy Spirit. We, we cannot just be praying for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, the gifts of the Holy Spirit is fun. It is amazing. It is glorious. The fruit of the Holy Spirit, it takes time because it is something that takes a whole life to uh, bring forth certain fruits, to test certain fruits, to uh, show the evidence of certain fruits. It is going to be hard work. The Holy Spirit is going to continue to work on your hearts. And the uh, words that our Father brings us every week and is continually going to plow your heart so you can be renewed and and so our personalities can now be transformed into the person that Jesus himself was. Now, that is something that we need to pray for and work towards. That is a sign of a revival, a genuine revival. And that was there in this particular revival led by William J. Seymour. They pursued a lifestyle of holiness even when they were outside the church. Another characteristic of this particular revival was that there was an intermingling of different races. You should understand, William J. Seymour himself was an African-American. And yet, he attracted white people. He ministered to them, loved them, served them. There were Hispanic people, there were Asians that would come into the meetings and they would be filled with the presence of the Holy Spirit and begin to speak in tongues. There were rich people that came. You know, usually back in those days, especially the African-American community were known as the poor man's community, as the ones that don't have anything. And yet rich people would come to receive in these meetings because the power of God was so real so functional the poor people came illiterate people came <laughs> the educated people came all kinds of people came into this revival they were touched by this revival and that is a sign that this was a revival for the nations not just one people group one community one small town or village no this revival impacted the globe in fact, this revival, also known as the Azusa Street Revival, because the, the second place that they moved into that was on the Azusa Street in Los Angeles, California. This revival impacted the globe in such a way that William J. Seymour would be known as the father of the modern-day Pentecostal movement. These guys were their fervent, passionate intercession and prayer and desire they birth a movement that is now going to impact the globe they would in fact send out missionaries all over the world to europe to india you know there were missionaries that came to calcutta in india they went to china they went to russia all over the world missionaries would be sent out as a result of this revival see this revival only lasted for three years. But in the space of these three years, so many people experienced salvation. So many people, because it was undeniable, the effect and the move of the Holy Spirit, it was undeniable. Can we desire for something like that in our generation? Pray for something like that in our generation. 
let me tell you the last thing that i loved about this revival is that in this revival they raised a lot of other revivalists you will find a lot of famous preachers ministers of god who had their origins in the azusa street revival one of the examples is john g lake he received the gift of the holy spirit in azusa street revival in the year 1907 the revival lasted from 1906 to 1908 that's more than 110 years back that we are talking about and that revival laid the foundation for the spread of christianity for the spread of the move of the holy spirit that would now be the reason for so many people to experience this intimate presence of the holy spirit how many of you enjoy and love the grace to speak in tongues this was not common back in the days not everybody had a revelation about the gift of speaking in tongues and that is why it was limited and today because of a church because of a community that waited and prayed on the lord check this out 110 or more years later we can freely enjoy and flow in the river that started back then this originally happened in the book of acts chapter 2 and yet somewhere down the ages this was a gift that people started ignoring and stopped praying for and stopped asking for and jesus said you have not because you ask not and here was a church that was willing to ask 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 and not to give up and today because of that church we experience that river we experience the joy of flowing in the grace of speaking in tongues of communing with god of ministering to so many people through our ability to speak in tongues and to prophesy and the bible says that the one who speaks in tongues the one who speaks in an unknown language he edifies himself the other translation would say strengthens himself up or builds himself up and that is what the lord promised in isaiah chapter 40 those who wait on the lord what will happen to them they will be given strength they will be given reinforcements they will begin to mount up on wings like eagles they will run and not be weary they will walk and not faint can i invite you to just join along with me for the next couple of minutes to just speak in tongues wherever you are in the house in your balconies in your living rooms in your bedrooms in the church wherever we have gathered wherever you're interacting with the presence of the holy spirit just start speaking in tongues come on rikamala sandunimina kamanandene meneke likasanando roboko senemeneke rebela bashamando roboko ndonomo sikidi rebala shamama mamala sandunimini randenekele come on just lift up your voices let there be a language of the spirit that will just saturate your atmosphere halabo siki nama namam dalairi digiri bilashanduniki le let that river flow 
You're being strengthened. You're being edified. You're being uh, mounted on up with wings like eagles. As an impartation, we are receiving. Some of us who have never spoken in tongues tonight, you're receiving a fresh impartation of the presence of the Holy Spirit upon your life. Lord, you've promised that those that are faint, you are going to strengthen them. That you give power to the faint. So we receive that power. And to them that have no might, but are still waiting in your presence, to them you increase their strength. Even though youths be tired, even though young men be exhausted, we will not because we are waiting on your presence. And we receive this grace to fly, we receive this grace to run, and we receive this grace to walk and not be tired. Tonight we are going into the next level, climbing another mountain. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray and we shout aloud, Amen.